That was their thing. No, this dude, this dude was really fucked. He did some other. He things ate some up. hearts. Yeah, he ate some hearts. Okay, so Franz he was, like kind of a, he was kind he of was a heart out, eater. So once in a while, you do get one who likes to eat a heart. He was a little bit of a heart eater. A little bit of a heart eater. Uh, you are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are back in the reactor. Welcome home with us. Glad to hang out with you. When's the last time you guys listened to Mac Dre? You gotta listen to Mac Dre. When is it? Turn them on right now. Give yourself some Mac Can Dre. Can you shout and let yeah. me hear you scream? And radio. We on, on radio. If you don't know who that is, we famous, up famous Bay Area rapper. Dre Unbelievable down. Bay Area rapper. God, he's so... How is he unlocked creatively? Mushrooms. That's 100% right. Mushrooms. 100, that's 100% mushroom. That's what that's what the lesson is, the Mac Dre. Mushrooms creative Unlo- unlocking. Unlock you creatively. Absolutely unlock. How could you create Thizzle Mountain without His mushrooms? His things are just so unique. I want to ride to Thizzle Mountain. His things Let's are, go, go. His things go. are Let's so go unique. I just like, mountain. it's unbelievable. They make me They're move. Incredible. They just make my body move. They're incredible. Okay, I wish yeah. we could play. I wish we just played the Mac Dre through the entire episode. You know, Mac Dre, this is a pirate episode. Okay, spoiler alert. Matt Ray is kind of a pirate, as you'll see by my theme. Yeah. How so? He lives by his own rules. He does. He lives by his own rules. He basically took the rap game. He just did took a bunch the of rap shrooms, game and was like, I'm going to do dance something. Music I'm going to do my own it's thing. Inc- it's incredible music He to said, dance me to. taking shrooms and Molly hanging out with my friends is recordable. <laughs> do you remember Trill? He said, I can record that. Do you know what Trill TV is? Yeah, I know what Trill TV is. I'm from, the, I'm from the Bay. Friends. Doing shrooms and Molly and driving like remote control boats yeah. around their pool. What's if give the if the people had one Mac Dre song to listen to, they don't know who that is. What would you what would you tell them? I I think it's Can You Shout? Let me hear you scream. That's cool. For me, it would be radio. Yeah. Um. Too hard for the radio or no? Not too hard for the radio. So Drado, is that is that the one I'm talking? The one you just played? Yeah. Dradio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dradio. Guys, Noah and guys, what's up? So I'm not a three. Guy. <laughs> Actually, four this morning. New five-star reviews that we want to shout out. One being from our favorite sweet slurp man himself, Chicken Teriyaki Boy. Fucking love you, Slurp King. We fucking love you, Chicken Teriyaki Boy. He asked us to talk about human microbiome, which we will. Also, Zvoncic3, potential Croat, potentially Croatian. National team, Croatian national team soccer player. Because the itch at the end. Um, He said he loved the Dr. Reeves episode, and he wanted to be as excited about something as Dr. Reeves is excited about mosquitoes, and we totally agree. We love Dr. Reeves, and we love you, Zvon. Thank you, dude. Thank you for the five-star review. Guys, you can find us on iTunes. Review us with the five stars. It really, it really, 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 really helps us. Noah, what's your gripe? Hey, my gripe, okay, I actually had many gripes, so I wasn't sure which one to pick. I'm just going to say the one that I think people are probably feeling now as well, and because everyone's working from home. When, when does work end? You Interesting. know? Like, when does it end? So, me, like, I've, I worked for myself for, for, like, four or five years. What do you do? Tell the people. That's ah, confusing. What do you do? Real, real estate, and then I have an e-commerce company. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the hardest part about working for yourself is that when is work over? Because it's never over. So, it's very hard to shut the work, especially when you work from home. So, I bet you guys are feeling it. It's like, when do you shut the work off? Mm-hmm. Because at 5 o'clock rolls around... Maybe your your job is done, but you're definitely still sitting in your house. Mm-hmm. So there's no like physical demarcation between your work and your personal life. 
And so it's like, when's it over? Well, there is now because you in office, right? In my, in my house? Yeah, you have a two-bedroom. Yeah, so I get it. I mean, but that office, so like I finish work, but then I work out in the office, also, and I've, then I hang out in the office. I have a gripe about your gripe. Sure. I feel like this is something that we've just talked about for like 10 years. I don't know if this could be a gripe. You know what I mean? I just It's not petty enough. No, 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 but I think that it's something that probably the listener is feeling too. Absolutely. Yeah, and let me just, I just want to say that my yeah. rules for it, Okay, my rule really for it, if you're in if you're in a salary position, obviously, try and cut that baby off at five because that's when your salary ends. Right. Right. So if if you can't, for for me, like eight o'clock is the hard cutoff where absolutely should not be working anymore because the work is gonna be twice as hard because it's late and you're just not gonna do a good job. Really should be seven. When do you work till eight, really? On the outlines for the podcast episodes, to be completely honest with you. Sometimes. Like this episode. Yeah. Yeah. This episode's a banger, though. I'm excited about this episode. I feel like I, I thought you had already figured this problem out. You know? Because when you have an office, right? That keeps all the work locked in. So here's what, I, here's what I'm going to see. Monday and Tuesday, I yeah. just like feel like I need to do so much work that I get like stuck just like... Because I have the, my goals board inside of my office. And so whenever I look up at it, I just get like feelings of inadequacy that I need to finish stuff yeah then i end up working way too late and it's a huge problem then then me and my fiance don't hang out and steamrolls okay digestion let me just say instead of digestion i want to tell everyone about a dream i had yeah okay last night i had a dream that there was a swimming pool in our old house's backyard and in the swimming pool was a humpback whale and an orca mm -hmm. and i was we were playing board games and i was like hey guys i want to go swim with the whales and you guys were like and everyone was like no that's, that, that, that sounds stupid and i was like you guys are stupid i went and swam with the whales then i got scared and got out of the pool and then, yeah. So you, so you can call me Whale Dancer this episode. Free Willy. You can call me Whale Dancer. Whale Dancer. And then I realized Whale Dancer is like the coolest Indian name you could possibly have. Whale Dancer. And, that so, is, and you may refer to me as Whale Dancer from now on. Yeah. That's basically the story about why you sell shitty tape on Amazon. <laughs> so, and, and that's the dream about, about a whale dancer. whale in a pool outside hey, the house. Hey, your gripe's digestion. Uh, my gripe. An actual gripe. Petty enough to be an actual gripe from me because I keep it real. When you, I go to restaurants when we only go for date night. I have a gripe about the your last, gripe about the my last gripe. three times. Don't ever interrupt my <laughs> I'm gripe. Just, I have a gripe about your gripe about my gripe. The last three times we went to a restaurant, when we get to the front table, they try to seat us at the front of the restaurant, which I hate. I can't stand that it. That happened to me in Marrakesh? Every single time. Marrakesh? Did that happen to you there? It happened to me in Marrakesh. Did, did that it happened to me. to me last night at the Indian place as well. Yep. They try to seat us at the front of the restaurant. I can't see. Here's it. the problem at the front of the restaurant. You see all the takeout people going in and out. You have to like overhear the conversations of the takeout, which is really annoying. You also get the air from the front door, which is really cold. And you also don't get any of the ambiance of being deeper into the restaurant. Like you want to be deep in the restaurant, especially a nice right. restaurant. This isn't like that nice of a restaurant, you know, but if you pay, if you go like one step up, from the usual food that you get, you want to go, you're paying a little bit for like the space of the restaurant, right? You're paying for the Not vibe. Not a little bit. That's like, That's like why you're, you're going for. to the restaurant. Yeah, the food isn't better, really. But it's the vibe I mean, the of the restaurant. The food's better, but you want to get out of your house. Bit. As we know, Corona, house. I think Corona has showed us this. Why do, you go out to, out. To, why do you go out to a restaurant <laughs> to leave your, your vicinity? So, right. I want to go get the vibe, right? But if I'm sitting at the front, you won't get the vibe. So, they try to fill that table because they know no one wants it. So, you, what I realized yesterday is that you just have to be ready to say no. Oh, I'm right fierce. away. I'm fierce. I gave. I, gave I didn't no know. Fucks. I gave no fucks. I didn't. Uh, know. I say. I say no. Like, can we? Can we move to another because table? as soon as they see you, they try to get your water out, and that's when you're locked into the shit. table. Yeah, they see weakness, and they're gonna put you at the front table. Yeah, I like exactly. That one. They see weakness in my eyes. They put me at the front. 
Uh, so now, now I'm ready. Now I'm fucking, when I go to the front, I know they're going to try to seat me at that table right by the if door. If I see even movement towards the front, towards the table, that I is by no. an entryway or by the front, I immediately, I know what they're trying I to say, do. hey, would you mind sitting us at that table? But here's the thing. You got to point the table that you want. Make I like it very that. easy for them. Make That's it very like, easy for them to switch. It's That's like, yep. the table. It's like, don't give them choice. When you want the special sauce, I, you got to say, I want six. You have to say, like, you don't say, I want a lot because they'll give you three. Right. right, and also a lot, or I just want a different table. Those are vague, right? Right. Tell the tell them what you want. Make it very simple for them to switch. So you point to the table. I point to the table. That's genius. Okay, digestion. Digestion. Um, everything's good now. If you want to hear a really crazy story, please let us know on Facebook, and I will tell you. <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say enough. about that. That's fair you enough. Have anything you want to say about it? That's fair. Um, th- about you, I, I have to say that digestion is the most polarizing thing for our audience. Some people really love it; and they want more, like Sweet Terry Akibar, who asked in the review. Other people, like our mom, are just like, "Why are you guys doing it?" So this story Adam has is true, but yeah, you can hit him up, hit him up if you want it, hit him up if you want it. Hey, Adam. Hey, rip by Mac Dre. No. Yeah. Let's play a little game. Let's do it. What do you think Grog, G-R-O-G, Grog, had in it originally? Hmm. Like, what is Grog made up of? Gotta be rum. Gotta be some rum in there. Yeah, you got the rum. Okay, uh, rum, uh, gunpowder. What? I don't know. I was going intense. I was going. In, I was going in for the most intense grog I could think of. Right. You think it's like the child soldier thing where they do gunpowder and cocaine? Oh, right. Right. I was kind of yeah. Actually, yeah. That's a good point. But okay. they snort that. Uh, what is the word for that? Oh, that's a really good point. They snort that though, right? Right. No. So it is. Is not that savage? Okay. Uh, grog is rum, and it is savage. It's not savage like that though. Okay. Uh. uh I don't know. Rum and something. Okay. Grog originally was dirty water filled with algae. Stagnant dirty water and a little <laughs> bit of rum. So <laughs> they realized that the dirty shit water they had to drink on these ships in the 18th century, the age of sail, were a little bit better with just a bit of rum. Like they could stomach the shit water that they were drinking. <laughs> so it comes from the British Navy. Um, it's a time period that we will be talking about a, a ton in this episode. They used the rum to offset the taste when it became known that fruit specifically could hold off scurvy, as you mentioned in uh, the in another episode. I forget which one. So the rum could so actually that was their water. Yeah, that was their water. So they would get a ration of water and they would pour a tiny bit of rum into it because the water was so gross, so fucking disgusting. And the rum, Jesus. you know, the rum had a little fruit in it, so it offset scurvy. Um, as soon as they figured this out, they also put lime in it. So the whole drink, Grog, is lime, dirty, stagnant water. Dirty, stagnant lime water and rum. Well, so Grog is like the, so their basically, hydration. It's basically LaCroix. So that's their hydration. Yeah. That's their LaCroix. Yeah, it's basically LaCroix <laughs> of the high seas. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, that brings us to our topic. Noah, what's our topic today? Hey, our topic today is the gold uh, is the golden age of piracy. The golden age the of golden, piracy. The ro- basically the romantic age of piracy. Yes. Okay. When pirates were pirates, not the modern age. Not the modern age. People in Somalia running it. You know, Captain Phillips. Right. Okay. Captain Phillips stuff. Captain Phillips stuff. Just the golden age. Adam. By the way, Somalia, like geographically, if you look at Somalia, it is. If there's gonna be a modern day pirate, they're gonna be from Somalia because it's a perfect place. It's like at the entrance to all these different bays, like the south of Yemen and Oman, mm-hmm. you know, the Gulf of Aden. Okay. Like Cameron, who was on the podcast. Yeah. He fought piracy in the Gulf of Aden. 
Somalia wraps around the east side of Africa, around like the little elbow on the east side of Africa. So it has like three different bays that you can get to from Somalia. So that's why there's so many pirates from there. Interesting. Because it's like, it's so geographically well positioned to be a pirate. And they're so poor. And as we will find out, geography has a huge part um, to play in, in the life of pirates. Okay, big hands that don't suck, Adam. Ready? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Pirates, 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 yar, pirates, yar, pirates, yar. pirates, pirates, so pirates. Where do we even start with pirates, Yo, ho, honestly, ho. when we talk about them? A pirate is someone who commits robbery on the sea. And it has been documented as early as 14th century BC, when a group we now refer only to as the Sea Peoples attacked ancient Egyptian ships in the Mediterranean. Of course, it also happens, like we were talking about, in modern times, with notable events taking place in the Gulf of Guinea and involving Somalian pirates and civilian ships. Today, when we were talking about pirates in this episode, we were talking about the romantic age of piracy, the golden age of piracy, which of course wasn't actually that romantic, but we certainly like to think so. Booty, buried treasure, beards, revolvers, Caribbean waters, blue, sloops, parrots, Davy Jones locker. Those are the kind of things that we are talking about. Those are the progenitors of these myths. And that's what we're going to focus on. That was great. I love the keywords at the end. Yeah. Why does beginnings that don't suck should just be a blast of I keywords? I think it should just be a blast of keywords about the episode. Uh, what's our theme? Hey, our theme today is live by your own rules. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what that's what pirates did. Some, like Mac Dre. Mac, like, like honestly, Mac like Mac Dre. Drizze, like Mac Drizze. Sometimes I feel like entrepreneurship a bit is like being a cowboy or being a pirate. Right. Basically, everyone's trying to kill you. Most of your life is just poo. And sometimes, once in a while, really good things happen. Okay. Yeah, but I just kind of feel like I kind of feel like that. So I, I I love the pirates, honestly. I think they're dear they're dear to my heart. Um, Adam. Yeah. Give us a brief history of the pirates. Hey, oh, my bad. Before before we go to that, yeah. I want to say, if you need some motivation, anyone needs some motivation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the Professor uh, TED Talk? Oh yeah, I've seen it. Okay. The professor, you mean the street ball? By the professor, guy. I mean the street baller, Grayson Boucher. Grayson Boucher? Yeah. Okay. If you haven't seen, I know you're like, it's just like a street ball or whatever. If you haven't seen his TED talk, it's amazing. Yeah. We're talking about the professor. The like professor, the, one the small guy. white street baller. Yeah. I think his, I think his TED talk is incredible. It's really cool. Because I, and I feel like he was the pirate or like a cowboy reminds me of him because he like, he was too small, basically, to get into the NBA or to play basketball in, like, a standard form. Would you say he's a good pirate? I'd say he's a good pirate, yeah. But I, I, I also think that he, like... I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. Give that it was me. it. The best pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> so I think that he, like, created his own niche, basically. He basically... Cre- he, he, he did. He created his own thing to become famous. Yeah, then he and had, he loved basketball. And then he had to adapt a couple times, like to go right. to the mixtape tour and then go to um, his YouTube channel. He had to adapt a couple times to be successful to play basketball and get paid for it. And yeah. I think it's really interesting. He has really cool videos on his YouTube channel. It's addicting. He's the fucking man. I he's love him. Not, he's not supporting this podcast. We were just saying. Awesome. Well, he's listening. He's fucking listening. Grayson, we love you. Love AKA you. the professor. Love Adam, tell us about the history of pirates. Okay. The golden age of piracy. So the time period that we're talking about is from 1650 roughly to 1720. Right in the middle of the age of sail when people were just sailing around on wooden boats with giant ships everywhere. Pirate activity was rampant. So pirates, when we think about them, they're romantic, right? But in reality, pirates are actually like a scourge. An unlawful scourge. And they make it really hard to commit commerce. Yeah, to make commerce and have a a bursting economy and stuff like that. Definitely. So they're rampant in the new world of the Caribbean. Um, Black boots, big beards, keywords again, swords, pistols, parrots, 
We think of these guys sailing the crystal clear waters of the Caribbean, and they're looking out for plunder. So before we get to them, we're going to step back. We're going to jump back a little bit, and we're going to light speed European history really quick. Light speed. Warp speed us through the history. We're going to go warp speed. At this time in European history, there's exactly one fuck ton of war going on. Just an unbelievable amount of people being killed. Didn't like each other. In war. Basically started by the Protestant Reformation. And if you don't remember seventh grade history. You don't remember falling asleep in seventh grade while someone was trying, asleep in trying to grade. shove it down your throat. Well, how does the Protestant Reformation connect to piracy, Noah? Well, damn, is that is, the, is that a finals question? That's why that I get middle That's school. why I get paid the big bucks. Okay? Just like the professor. This is a little bit of an AM1 mixtape. I think this is the AM1 mixtape. This is a little bit of this is my AM1 mixtape right here. Love you, Grace. Do you remember Martin Luther? Not Martin Luther King. Do you do you know I know his name yeah. because when I was like trying to like, you know, like shoot a pencil across the room, the what teacher was talking about it. I usually threw pencils in the ceiling. I think I got kicked, you, I think I got kicked you, out of class at that point, but when, I do remember Martin Luther. When did Luther. you figure out that the pencils could stick in the ceiling? Uh, someone else did it and I walked into a classroom and they were in the ceiling already. It, that's when I knew that's that. That's called I innovation. Chance. That's actually an innovation. That's called being a pirate living by your own rules. They could literally stick into the ceiling. It was it was epic. It's pi- I think everyone's got a little bit of piracy in them. I love it. Okay, so Martin Luther, he was a guy living in Europe, and he wrote something called the 95 Thesis, basically which outlines his position that he thought that indulgences, we're going to get to what that is in a second, were not very cool and basically excused people from their shitty behavior. What's an indulgence, Noah? We don't know. We are Jewish people, right? What's an indulgence? <laughs> indulgence is something that you like. An indul- sort of. We, we indulge not, not in really. marijuana. An indulgence in this context is something you have to do if you've been naughty. What? Yeah, so something like reading sacred scripture for half an hour or taking part in a spiritual retreat, which can absolve you of sin. It's something you have to do like spiritually for the Catholic Church to... To get the sin off you. Like, you can you can sin. Oh, so it's actually, like, like, the opposite of an indulgence. Oh, like, yeah, you know, like, oh, like, I slept with your wife, but then I read scripture for half an hour. So, so, I'm, like, so I'm, like, good. Woo! We're, like, we're chill. We're right? chill. Okay, good. So Martin Luther was this dude. He was, like, that. that's not cool because people are just doing sins and then and just, they're just getting away with it by indulging. Yeah, it's bullshit, right? So he kind of has a point. Um, he So, yeah, he thought people should take more responsibility for their actions. Uh, anyway, the rise of Protestantism and placing people at odds with the Catholic Church started at this point when Martin Luther posted those theses, and it started a chain of wars, basically known as the Wars of Religion. Okay. So the Wars of Religion lasted for a very long time. It lasted until the dawn of piracy, basically, in 1650. So we're talking about a couple hundred years of war. Before this period of war, there's basically no war, and then for a couple hundred uh, centuries, lots and lots of war, too many wars to even list here, basically went on until the Westphalian Sovereignty Pact, which is still used in international law today, which means that every nation has sovereign control over itself. I don't really understand like why that wasn't understood before, but yeah, now uh, it is written and understood. Not sure why that needs to be written. And it still doesn't even make sense because it's opposed by humanitarian organizations, obviously. That want people to go in and like overthrow a fascist government and stuff like that. And the U.S. like takes part in other countries when For sure. when they need help. And so, so it like doesn't even make any sense really. Okay. Anyway, so light speed. Martin Luther, Protestants, a lot of war with the Catholic Church, wars of religion. So 
1650, what you have is you have a lot of trained soldiers and frontiersmen, like hardy ass motherfuckers, <laughs> right? Okay. People that knew how to shoot. Bad boys. Bad boys. People throwing pencils on the top of the classroom. <laughs> People that weren't afraid to throw People a pencil. People that weren't afraid to throw a pencil on the top of the classroom. They, not only did they throw pencils, but they had lead in their pencils. Hair that, on the chest. Yeah, they're, yeah. Lead in their pencils. Absolutely. So you have a lot of these guys kind of walking around. And when the wars ended, they were bored. So you have a lot of bored frontiersmen. Bad boys that are bored. You know where they go, Adam. Where do they go? They go to boarding school. You tell us about boarding school, <laughs> They go to boarding school. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, so the start of the golden age. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Caribbean geography. Okay. The French settle what's known as Hispaniola. Are you going to describe where the Caribbean Sea is here? Yes. Because I think it's important because, like, when I hear Caribbean Sea, I'm just like, where the fuck is that? Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. What are we saying on this podcast? Parts right of the Caribbean. So we're doing Caribbean. That's we're how it works. Caribe? Yeah, Caribe. Okay. The Bahamas are on the east side, right? Okay. Rio, Florida. Then the two big islands are Cuba and Hispaniola or Haiti and the Dominican Republic, which are on the same island, separated by a river. And then to the east of that are all the Bahaman Islands. Like Nassau is there. And then uh, the American Virgin Islands to the south a little bit. And it goes basically all the way down and then skips a little bit. And then out off the coast of Venezuela is like Trinidad and Tobago and stuff like that. So it makes like this, it makes like a circle of barrier islands. Just so I, so I, so I understand correct. Sure. Okay. Take, go to, go to Florida, go all the way down basically to Colombia, go across the Latin America, up back to Florida. Just draw a line from Florida to Venezuela and you, it's basically just a bunch of islands. Or Clu- people probably know what Colombia is better, is more. People don't know what Venezuela is? Sorry, Alejandro, no. <laughs> they don't. Why not? I think Colum- people know what Colombia is. Guys, Venezuela Columbia is, is like the country the, next wait, to Colombia. Colombia is like the white travel place now. Costa Rica, yeah, when, we were, that it became that when way. we were growing up, it was Costa Rica. That was the edgy white travel place. And now it's Colombia. Yeah, now it's moved on to Columbia. Edgy white travel? Yeah. <laughs> a section called edgy white travel Now places. it's cool to travel there. Now it's cool oh. to go to Colombia. When do you think it's going to be uh, Venezuela? Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Okay, so that that's what the Caribbean Sea is. That's where the story is taking place. Cool. So what is Hispaniola? Hispaniola, so you have Cuba. Okay. Cuba is actually a lot bigger than you think it is when you look at it on a map. And then to the east of Cuba, you have Hispaniola, which is now made up of on the west side, Haiti, and on the east side, the Dominican Republic. And it's separated by a river. Okay. You with me on there? I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. This is an important island because the Spanish moved their people away because they settled this island from modern day Haiti, which is on the west side, towards the Dominican Republic onto the east side. So that what that did is that let the French come in and settle in northern Haiti. Do you have an idea of where we are in your head right now? Yeah. Because it's I, important. Yeah, yeah, Yes. Carib- oh. Caribbean Sea. Okay. South of Florida, north of Colombia, yep. west, oh, sorry, east of Latin America. The island east of Cuba is called Hispaniola. The French are on the west side now, and the Spanish are on the east side. Okay. Okay. These men that settled were often veterans of these wars of religion that happened in Europe. And they were hardy as fuck. Okay. Pencil throwing motherfuckers. Bunch of people that are bad boys. Bad next boys. to each other in a small area with a, with a lot of islands. Yep. So what they did is they hunted cattle and wild boar for food. They were just hunters. And they even hunted manatees. The dicks. And substitute teachers. 
And sub how <laughs> how would you how do you hunt a manatee? Also, what a dick. Yeah, how, like like met like ethically. Well, I mean, like, do they just? There were so many. Can you imagine that manatees are probably so fucking. There were so to hunt, many. They just barely move. There were probably so many manatees. They just stood and shot them. Yeah, it's sad. Isn't that crazy? I know. Me personally, whale dancer, as 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 I've said, whale dancer would. What would do whale that. dancer do? Whale dancer, honestly, he would dance along the water. He's like the spirit of the whale. He danced along the water and he would save them. And then it would come out as a Disney movie. One thing about these Frenchmen is that they hated the Spanish. Absolutely hated Spanish people. Spanish culture. Okay. Spanish fortresses. Okay. Mainly because, like I said, the long wars that were going on in Europe. The Spanish also tried to rid Hispaniola, or the west side, Haiti, of these Frenchmen. So they were forced out of their subsistence as hunters and into a life of piracy. Spain tried to kick them out of Haiti multiple times. These Frenchmen. Okay. But these dudes were just like frontiersmen. So they're like, what is it to them, really, when someone tries to kill them? Right. Live by, own, like, live by your own rules. They're just like, yeah, sure. Come and try Come yeah. and take it. They're yeah. Come and take it, people. Live by your own honestly. rules. Okay. Theme of, theme of the Pirates episode. Okay. Now a word that we will recognize. Is the UK government trying to kick me out of England? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Will I pay them? Will I pay them 15,000 pounds? No. No. <laughs> no, I won't. Come and take my shitty tape. Yeah. Uh, these Frenchmen were called buccaneers. Okay, it comes from the native Caribbean word for the frame in which they used to smoke their meat. But Noah, these guys, they didn't smoke meat anymore. Oh no. These skilled bad boys, pencil throwing, lead in the pencil, hair on the chest guys, they were smoking some Spanish ships, baby. That's right. That's what they started doing. That's what they were smoking. They were like, okay, we can't hunt anymore. We are going to attack some Spanish ships. And there was a couple of reasons for this. Number one, the lack of a strong government in the fledgling colonies made the Caribbean a super profitable hunting ground for these buccaneers. The benefits of illicit trade between pirates and their towns in which they frequented was welcomed as these towns' economic situations were just not very good at all because they're fledgling colonies. So people in Port Royal, people in Tortuga, we're going to talk about them in a second, they welcomed the trade from pirates because the economies were so bad. Right, and and because the, the, the pirates could give them goods for much cheaper than they would get before because pirates stole the goods and they had to they had to get rid of them so it was a fraction of the price yeah exactly another thing about a buccaneer is that they love a base they love bases fort base they just love a fort or a base okay two of these bases are really important number one is tortuga one characteristic of tortuga is that it's in the movie pirates of the caribbean when they go to recruit their crew they go to the island of tortuga okay these Frenchmen started hunting Spanish ships from Tortuga for extra income from their Caribbean base. So in 20 years, we've gone from manatee hunting assholes to basically pirates. You with me so far? I'm with you. Okay. Um, originally in Tortuga, the French government, because these buccaneers were mainly French, pretty much all French, they appointed a governor and he established a fortress there. However, he quickly cut ties with France and basically just served the pirates. Because he felt like the, the buccaneers could provide more of an like, economy than the French government. And more safety as well. Yeah. Also, I, I want... Yeah. So that, like, the government kind of being, like, involved with the piracy. You can see that in the Americas, too, at this time. Yeah. they just, like, these governments were not strong. Governments in the Caribbean Sea, the colonies in the U.S., they weren't, like, these really strong governments. So if they thought the, the pirates were going to be really good for them, they were they would join forces in a second. Yeah. They, they liked the pirates originally. Yeah. Uh, another base that they really liked 
after Tortuga a little bit later because the Spanish raided Tortuga a couple times. It was like Spanish would raid and then they would set up like kind of like a pirate governor and then Spanish would raid again, pirate governor. It was like on and off, on and off. They moved to Jamaica, okay, to Port Royal. When the English captured Jamaica from the Spanish and started getting letters of mark to buccaneers. What's a letter of mark, Noah? A letter, a letter of mark is like a letter from, from a country granting someone permission to be a pirate. Exactly. Essentially. Exactly. Why, and Adam, why would someone do this? Okay. So you want a letter of mark because you can use it strategically whenever you want, basically. You could say that you had a letter of mark right. from the Spanish when a giant Spanish ship showed up and be like, okay, we're not, we don't want to attack that giant ship, right? We have a letter of mark, so peace. Or if they saw a Spanish ship they wanted to attack, maybe they would put the letter of mark like in their pocket and be like, "Fuck it, we'll live by our own rules." I love right? it, classic. But also, yeah, those those nations like like the Spanish, mm-hmm. they use the letter of mark to like basically make their navy bigger. So they just went up to pirates and they're like, "It right." They're like, "Do the same thing that you're doing. Just do it against the English or the French." Yeah, and you're good, and you're good. It made, yeah, it was. What's that a, called? Do you know what the term is for that? It's called a win-win. Called in, private, my, in my book. Win-win and a privateer. Yeah. Yeah. If, you had, if you're working for a government under contract, you are a privateer or were a privateer. If you are a pirate that it just ha- just like one government said that you can do this, then you're then a pirate. Yeah. You are a privateer. It was really easy to fake a letter of mark. Okay. No shit. Right? <laughs> no shit. I mean, shit. I can only imagine like back then, like wh- how official were these some letters? Some paper really? and some ink and, some paper and, and the ink. Spanish. I-, I would have a letter of mark from the English, the Spanish and the French. Right. Just ready to go at any time. No. Right. They didn't. They weren't thinkers like that, though, unfortunately. But then you would have been a triple privateer. So, of course, it's all fucked up. Everyone's claiming to be a privateer. Everyone's claiming to have a letter of mark. So it really doesn't mean that much in the end. Um, basically, ships, trading ships started just just get wary of everyone in the ocean. You right. can imagine what this does to commerce. I mean, you can't. You basically really can't. Bad. You can't trade. Really bad. Okay. So when the English captured Jamaica from the Spanish... Um, another hotbed popped up besides Tortuga, and they fucking love this town. It was located in southern Jamaica, where a peninsula kind of protects the bay. So it looks like how, you know how San Francisco is on a peninsula, and it kind of, it protects that. Like in World War II, they set up um, gun, there's gun towers in Marin, and gun towers in SF, just to because they have to go through the Golden Gate. But yeah, but what what would you mean is like they have to go through a narrow, pa- very yeah, yeah. narrow section go. passage, and so it's easy to defend. They got to go through a narrow passage to get into the bay, and the bays are sick because like you can build ships in bays. It's very deep, so it's defensible, very deep, defensible, great place. And deep. It's a great place. So Port Royal is located on a bay, um, and that's why they love it. So in 1680, it had the same population as Boston, and as described in the book A History of Pirates. The town boasted more bars, brothels, marketplaces, warehouses, and wealth than any other port in America in 1680. Pirate town. So once again, yeah. The English governor in Jamaica, he trusted these buccaneers, these Frenchmen, to protect the town way more than he did the Navy. Right. And that's why he let him in. Tortuga. Plus they sold the cheap goods. Yeah. Hey, if you want, you know, to do, if you want a night out on the town, honestly, I would choose Tortuga, you know? So it's just the For wild. Me? It's just the wild west of the sea. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Just take the wild west and move it out to the sea. Yeah, one hundred percent. There isn't law. It's just like whatever law you can make. Yeah. Imagine a night out in Port Royal. What do you think would go down? I mean, that would be a fun time. There's no way that you would have, have a bad good, time. Who wants to have a good time? You might die though. Also, the STDs at this time, yeah. rampant. Really? <laughs> rampant as Which, we'll see. Sif, sif the when, sif. When we get to my dog Blackbeard, the crusty castle. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they were, when we were doing sex ed in school, they showed us uh, syphilis, and no one was ready for it. And they were like, "And this is the crusty castle." And they showed a penis covered in syphilis warts. They call it. They called I it. The, it, they called it the crusty castle. And they called it the crusty castle. The, they they being our teacher. She called it the cru- she called it the <laughs> crusty castle. Yeah. I don't know why this is I just thought about this, but I saw a video on like the war on drugs and like how it turned out. Remember yeah. Dare? Yeah, I remember Dare. If anyone's got a Dare t shirt they're willing to sell, I would do anything. Love it. Make it a cutoff tea. And back. Anything else on that on that thread? No, I think it's good. Okay. Rating strategies of the Buccaneers. They they were not very sophisticated at this point. So they'd usually raid ships under the cover of darkness. They creep up to a vessel and sometimes in a canoe, jam the rudder, and shoot the officers when they got on board. They had marksmen to do this because, once again, they were hardy-ass Frenchmen frontiers. The Spanish frequently surrendered because the Buccaneers were were thought to be cruel. Very, very cruel. So their lives were spared, usually, but sometimes not. They were only spared, basically, if they surrendered on the spot. If they fought back and they were all slaughtered. During this time, there were so many attacks on settlements, such as Cartagena in present-day Colombia, which I've been, it's a really cool city, and Panama City, which you're going to get to later with Henry Morgan, and what is referred to as the Spanish Main. No, what's the Spanish Main? I don't know what the Spanish Main is. When the Spanish Main is the mainland, like the Americas, South America, it's the mainland, not an island. It's basically areas controlled by Spain that were not islands, so like not... Cuba, like the Bahamas, stuff like that. When they say that there's attack on the Spanish main, it means there was attack on the mainland. Therefore, main, mainland. That is what the Spanish main is. So, brutality. These pirates were also insanely brutal and savage, like I've been saying. They were known to be fearsome, and they were the first ones to fly the Jolly Roger flag, which was, in fact, red before it was black. It was I, like, I like red better. Why do you like red better? Blood. Vicious Red scarier. Blood. What the pirates are trying to do, they're trying a lot. Most of the time, they're trying to scare the victims into surrendering. Yes, they were. Except for this That's one. That's their thing. Except for this one dude. Except for the one dude who liked to eat hearts. Right. Fran- He's just trying to eat some hearts. Francois L'Olenay. Described in the book A History of Pirates, interrogating Spanish prisoners. He grew outrageously passionate, insomuch that he drew his cutlass, and with it cut open the breast of one of those poor Spaniards, and pulling out his heart with his sacrilegious hands, began to bite and gnaw with his teeth. Like a ravenous dog. He's French, right? He's French. Francois. So he Francois. is like a sadistic French pirate. Sadistic Frenchman. That likes heart. That likes eating hearts. Okay. So Most if you of them see, did not like eating hearts, but he's, but you know. If you see the Jolly Roger with his symbol on it, because a lot of the pirates at this time, the Buccaneers especially, had different symbols. And you could tell who it was. You just got to run. You just got to run away. Well, that's the th- but that's the thing. Like, the give and take with it. It's like, so, as we'll get to with, with Blackbeard, like, people, he was, like, either, if they didn't surrender, he was really brutal. Yeah. If they did surrender, he was, like, a gentleman. Oh, wow. He would, like, get there and be like, you know, we're all good. You we're guys surrendered. Good. I'll drop yeah. you off somewhere nice. Because, yeah, unless you're, like, a so, uh, sadistic person, you want them to surrender. Right. So you but get the booty. It worked for him. Because they were just like, oh, like, whatever. It's Blackbeard. Like, we'll just surrender and it'll be, all be good. And he just, like, he didn't have to go to war anymore. Yeah. So, hard eater or nice gentleman, you know? Sometimes it's hard to know what you're going to get with the Jolly Well, with the hard eater, you're just like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And we're going to fight because I don't want to, like, because he's just going to eat some hearts up in here. Okay, so the downfall of the Buccaneers happened because there were many treaties in the end of the wars of religion between England and Spain and between France and Spain in 1670 and 1690. So... 
they had these letters of mark from these countries, but now that the treaties were in place, it became illegal to attack the other side with a letter of mark. And they were prosecuted by the navies of each side if they did trespass. Of course, this right. didn't affect Henry Morgan, as you're going to get into, when he attacked Panama City. Right. But also, as I'm going to get into, Adam, as yeah. I'm going to get you into, as I'm going to get into, a lot of times the pirates, the treaties would just be made. These pirates are running around the open sea. Right. You know, not dudes on uh, that are that like their communication, really. No. Okay. No. So they would, they would just keep going. Right. Months later, but they'd be like, hey, you weren't allowed to do that. They'd be like, well, like, here's the thing about you know, these I, guys. I fucking did it. Is that they're pirates. So it doesn't really so matter. Give a shit. It didn't Live by really your matter. own what rules, baby. The professor, Grayson Bruchet, Bruchet. And this time there's also like pirate governors pretending to work for like the French and like shit like that. There was also pirates hunting other pirates to then ally with them. Right. It's just the wild. It's just commerce. It's just like, how can we get money? Yeah. You know what I mean? Basically like the beginning of trade. No law and order. Caribbean. Basically yeah. zero law and order here. Um, all right. So that's the downfall of the Buccaneers. They're basically over by 1690. So after the Buccaneers. We, we miss you. We're moving on. They, the first thing is that. <laughs> we miss you. We miss you. They loved bases and they moved their sick base. So Tortuga continued to operate until 1720, but they moved to an even cooler place called it, Nassau. You're saying they have their own reactor. Yeah. They have their own reactor in the Bahamas. Saying? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Nassau is their own reactor. Uh, the island has some perfect hills to overlook the bay and as a harbor. So while it was too shallow for a Navy warship, it was just the perfect depth for a small pirate sloop. And then once again, according to the history of pirates, Nassau was basically a village constructed from sails and masts. Armorers repaired guns and swords and remounted artillery. It was a freewheeling market in contraband goods, slaves, and liquor. So like, you know, a pirate fucking base, basically. Yeah. And, can I, and just to speak to a pirate tactic, big pirate uh, tactic for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the big naval powers like England, Spain, France, they had what's called inline ships. Okay. So imagine like a humongous warship. Okay. A pirate ship could never basically go toe to toe with these warships ever. So what the pirates did is they, a lot of times they sailed what's called a sloop as Adam just mentioned. Sloop. And what a sloop is really good at is it's really good at going across shallow water. Okay. They're in the Caribbean Sea. There's a lot of shallows. How shallow? Really, know? really shallow. Like 10 feet? That's a really like good... That. Damn, like damn, damn. Things that no one should research. Right, shallow is vague. How shallow is better, okay? However, so like a lot of the times what pirates would do, would do to get away is they would, just, they would just go into the shallows and the warships couldn't follow them. Like over a reef or something? So yeah, so basically like all these warships that the governments had were designed to fight other warships. None were designed to go over reefs and fight pirates. Yeah. So they were like, we don't need to get a warship like that. We just need to get a warship that can go over shallows and run away from you. Perfect. Cheaper too. Yeah. So that's why the sloop was like their favorite ship. Um, After the Buccaneers were cracked down upon in the Caribbean, many of these pirates, I didn't know this at all, moved off the coast of West Africa to scour uh, East India Trading Company slaving ships. And some, and eventually the majority of them, made it around the Horn of Africa to the Indian Ocean where pirates enjoyed setting up their base in Madagascar, their sick pirate base, and feasting off the ships of the East India Trading Company when they were going uh, to England, back to London. So, yeah, Madagascar, you can imagine, is a pretty good jumping off. That's a sick pirate base spot. Sick pirate base. And, like, the empires over there, they were... um, I think it's the Morgul Empire. They had a lot of war as well, so they were not ready to be feasted upon. Honestly, by live by your own rules. They just do whatever. They, they life of freedom. Here's the thing: if you have a bunch of war, um, and 
there's not really many laws. There's going to be piracy. There's just like a, it's like a plague. There's going to be rampant. You don't piracy. see the parallels between this and entrepreneurship like a lot. Okay, tell me. It's like you have total freedom. Yeah. But you're, but you're like, you're gonna, your life is gonna be you pretty might, you might difficult. be drinking some dirty stagnant frog. Like, you don't have to go to work at a certain time. Right. But you might be hungry for months. Yeah. As we would know. And yeah, and you might be drinking grog basically for your water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you know what I mean? Like, similar. there's so many similar. But it's you might get freedom. to you might get to see what Madagascar is like. No, it's a life of freedom. It's, li- it's, it's interesting, but it's also a life of you know sleeping in a hammock. Also, yeah. Also, do you know what like the lifespan was for a pirate? What? It's like two years. Yeah. Also scurvy. Also scurvy. But also, freedom. Also, yeah. Also, you might have a couple shitty months. Then you might land on Tortuga. All of a sudden, there's a party. Yeah. Right. Sick All of a sudden, you party. get to party, get some STDs, have a good time with your buds. Right. You hop back on the ship. Oh, in Tortuga, there is something called, uh, there's like the Brotherhood of the Flag or something, which is like the pirate fraternity. That's called the Eskimo Brothers fraternity. <laughs> right. Exactly <laughs> what it was called. What that is called is an Eskimo brother now. And they had like a democratic kind of government on Tortuga. You know, like the pirate council. Like that was a real thing. There was like a legit pirate council. That's so fucking sick. You know, it's so sick. You know. I, I want to be part of the fucking pirate council. How's the Amazon FBA council? Uh, We're good. Yeah, how's everything going? We're good. A lot. Uh, whenever we meet up, people try and steal each other's ideas and items, so <laughs> it's it's tough. Um, okay, so that is a brief history of the golden age of piracy. Noah, brief. It's brief. Real brief. It's these briefs. <laughs> Tell us about these scurvy dogs that hunted the crystal blue waters, dance jigs, guys, sang shanties. Tell us about them guys, specifically. This is the part we've been waiting for. Okay, we're gonna talk about infamous pirates. Right. My part. You all my know. My part. Them. Shit. No, this your part was cool. That, that gave us the background, but now it's time to talk about the bad boys themselves. Okay? Legends. We're going to start with none other than Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard. Ever heard of him, Adam? Ever heard of Blackbeard? Yeah, give it to me. Who was Blackbeard? Okay, what's known as the scourge of the waters of the Caribbean and the Atlantic coast of the United States? At that time, the American British colonies. Physical description. Black Blackbeard was a very big dude. Really? Okay, but yeah. Big ass dude. He had a holster. He would keep a holster with three pistols on the front of his body. Okay. Had a heavy. Had a huge cutlass and obviously a long black beard. Before Blackbeard would go into battle. Do you work out? That's the thing about dudes these days. I was thinking about that literally when I was looking at pictures and stuff. Yeah. I was like, these dudes were sailors. Like, they're not, they're pretty skinny. They don't, oh, right. They don't have like a lot of food. Uh, scurvy will do that to you. Yeah, like they don't have a ton of, of food. They're working out hard, probably doing shit, but like you know, they're not, like, just these ripped dudes. I just want to say, like, can you imagine the amount of just toilet diarrhea that is happening in these pirate towns? Like, with the with the grog and the scurvy and the not, no hygiene? Yeah, imagine the hygiene on the boat. Oh, my. Where? where yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> like, know what can't I can't mean. even fucking imagine it, honestly. Hey, so Blackbeard. Blackbee. Blackbee, before he would go into battle, he would put, like, little firecrackers in his beard. Yeah. And so it would smoke. And so when he went into battle, he looked like a demon. Perfect. Okay. However, he understands marketing. All of this being really said, early. according to the Smithsonian too, Blackbeard was basically he was actually like a nice dude. He wasn't. He used fear, as we've talked about, as his main weapon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so Blackbeard's main thing was to put the firecrackers in the beard, look all scary, have okay. a huge crew roll up, and people would surrender. If people surrendered, surrendered. He would usually drop, so a lot of pirates would, like, maroon them on a desert island or just kill them anyway. Right. Blackbeard would drop them off, like, close to a habitable place where they could walk back. How? What is close? Like, a thousand miles? 
no, no, probably like 20. You know what I mean? Like 15. Something nice. Yeah. Okay, just a nice 15-mile walk with no food or water. <laughs> Not a big deal. Back in the day, that was a morning walk for them. Oh, that's God. called my. That's called Monday. There's a lot of black beards in Portland. That's called Monday. There's Mondays. a lot of black beard kind of wannabes. There's a lot of black beard wannabes in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> There's so a lot of black beards. I'm just, this is for you guys. This is the actual, actual black beard that you're trying to mimic. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, backstory. How did Blackbeard get into pirating, Adam? So, while it's not totally confirmed, Black Blackbeard supposedly is from either England or Wales. Okay? His family, he was from, like, a pretty well-off family. And he moved to Jamaica. His family moved to Jamaica where they owned a sugar plantation. While in Jamaica, Blackbeard, okay, known then as Edward Teach, he served as a privateer for Jamaica. Okay, we've already talked about privateers. English? For right. Jamaica, he served as a privateer. English, but it's an English colony. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. So basically, for England, he served as a privateer stationed in Jamaica against the Spanish. Basically, he had he had he could attack anyone but English. Right. So basically, his family lived in Jamaica on a sugar plantation. They were pretty well off. For some reason, Blackbeard was like, "I want to go be a pirate." You'll mm -hmm. see this actually this theme replayed with the other pirates. Yeah. A lot of them were not from poor backgrounds. Is Captain Jack Sparrow like? 70% Blackbeard? He's hot Blackbeard. He's a hot Blackbeard. He's the hot Blackbeard. He's Blackbeard, but he also has a little bit of rust. <laughs> like, he's like he's 70%, Blackbeard if Blackbeard 70 loved, Blackbeard. If Blackbeard was Bob really into Bob Marley. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's Blackbeard with some ganja and Bob. Yeah, no, I got it. And hot. That's just like we said about Mac Trey. You take the shrooms, you got a different angle on whatever you're trying to do. I have a funny thing to say. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go. Go ahead. Um... Ash, my fiance's mom, who's from a very conservative, is very conservative. She's from a very conservative family. If she, if you, uh, Ashley's mom, if you got to this point in the podcast. Ashley's mom, if you got like, to this point in the podcast, shout out. Good uh, job. Unbelievable. Um, she's, she's conservative. They live in Dallas. She's, she's conservative. Her like man, her like dude that she like dreams about, you know, oh her fancy God, man is, great. is fucking, uh, is Johnny Depp. Really? Because he's kind of like a bad boy. He's like a bad guy. Isn't that funny? He's like a mystery. I think that boy. is so funny. Is it really? Her yeah. fantasy guy? Yeah. That's so wild. It's so interesting. But isn't Ashley's... Ashley kind of likes grizzled, the grizzleness. Ashley likes dudes that are huge with beards. Huge. With so beards. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So just like a small Jewish dude. Giant Depp. Um, all right. So... Not that, not that small. <laughs> Nobody wants that small. Okay. So anyway, um, so he served, as, he served as a privateer, and that's basically where he got his sailing training. Okay. However, Blackbeard did have his pirate internship. Okay. <laughs> After being a privateer, Blackbeard freaking liked it. And he was like, how can I turn this into, into being a pirate? Which is literally the same thing as being a privateer. So all this, all this privateer shit, they just created more pirates, basically. Okay? So Blackboard, Blackbeard got an opportunity for an internship with the then-pirate Benjamin Hornigold. Okay? Hornigold. Who was a pretty notorious pirate at that, at that time. How did he get the internship? Uh, he, he was a skilled... So he was like a skilled sailor from, the private, from being a privateer. And he wanted to just keep doing it. So he like sought out Benjamin Hornigold and was like, hey, Ben, I'll work, you know, give me the internship. And then hopefully after a couple months, you know, you can give me full employment. Because he was a good sailor. This pirate, the theme of pirate internship, you're going to see. Mm -hmm. A lot of the pirates, like they got to go get a mentor. Like right. Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan had to go get Yoda. Yeah. I, it's Qui-Gon actually. Excuse me. Mentor, right? Obi-Wan had to get Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Shout out to the Obi-Wan book. Sh I was about books. to say, if you've read the Obi-Wan book, shout out to you. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, he had, he had to go get his pirate mentor. While with his pirate mentor, he distinguished himself at him. Okay, finally, his pirate mentor gave him command of his own ship. And basically, like, them two... And a great mentor. 
Honestly, like a really I mean, good guy, really good mentor. What kind of mentor these days in corporate America would give you your own office? No, it would be like the mentor in corporate America where you're working under him. And then he's like, hey, like, why don't you just be the same position as me and get your, yeah, get your own office. We'll share the responsibility. Great mentor. We'll share, we'll share, we'll share my salary. One of the best internships out there. So it's, supposedly Blackbeard had one of the last great internships ever, <laughs> which is really awesome. The okay. final great him and his, him and his fucking mentor, sick internship, dude. They, one of the, their biggest accomplishment was they captured a ship called the Concord. Okay. And again, the pirates had very small, maneuverable, fast ships. Sloops. That was just full of crew. Sloop daddy. And, and basically, they'd roll up to a ship. And they'd be like, we have way more crew than you. Don't fight us. That was their thing. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, the Concord was like a huge military ship. Like a ship a ship that was a state-of-the-art that could go like toe-to-toe -to -toe with a very large military ship. Okay? So, they were, they were able to capture it. And Black Hornigold, and as the best mentor ever... He was like, Blackbeard, I'm retiring. No way. Yeah, he said, Black fucking beard, I'm retiring. I've loved you like a son. Oh, no. As my intern, I'm going to give you this ship, and, and this is it. This is my, Wait, my going away gift. Pirates retire? Where did he go? Where did it so pirate So I consider, one, one thing I consider when I think about pirate success is survival. Like, did you survive? Like, literally being an entrepreneur. is like, did you survive? Right. Being an entrepreneur, like, like, did you make it to the end of your life doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like, how long like that did, is How long were you actually able to do this? So, like, for me, right, it's been, like, five years. I think that's pretty... Um, what do you think? Yeah. It's I pretty th good. I think that just the fact that you've survived every day is, is like, survival. If I don't is, go to jail, if I don't go to... You know what I mean? If, I, if it's you don't go to jail win. for a tax infringement... Right. Huge right. win. UK huge government. Win. Right. I'm in the Caribbean. You can't find me, baby. <laughs> I'm sailing around the Caribbean. You can't find me. Um, the, so, la the last true great internship. So the last true great internship, his man, honestly, like the best internship in the world. He gave, he gave Blackbeard the Concord. Okay. Oh, yay. And this ship was a big fucking deal because it was a real ass ship that pirates did not have. Okay. It's like military, military, a grade. military ship. Blackbeard changed the name of the Concord to the Queen Anne's Revenge. Better. And he upgraded the Concorde to be to, with more guns. So it was actually like more than a match for military ships. Yeah. It could blow up military ships now. Yeah, better name. Yeah. Concord. It's it's like one of the top. It's it's probably the top pirate ship of all time. The Queen Anne's Revenge? Yeah. That's why this is like it adds to his fame having this ship. Okay. So acts of pirate glory, Adam. Career ships captured. Blackbeard captured around 30 ships in his short two-year career as a pirate. <laughs> Wow, short but very right. productive. Short, but he had he had the internship and then a two year career as a pirate. Jesus. Okay, sounds like me in corporate America. Yeah. In May 1718, Blackbeard committed his most brazen act. Okay, with the Queen Anne's revenge because it was so powerful. Black Blackbeard didn't have to do hit and run shit anymore. Mm. He blockade he blockaded the town of Charleston. Oh, like Carolina? So, yeah. So he he set up a he set up a blockade. And every ship going in, every ship going out, he robbed. I can't believe he got up that far north. Right. Well, the thing is that, like, they couldn't do this, pirates, because then as soon as a military ship came out, he would have to run. But it was the Queen Anne's Revenge and, like, three other ships, and there wasn't a, a, a naval force nearby that could take him down. I've been to Charleston, and I thought, I thought there were, like, military establishments there. But that was maybe during... Not at this at this time, like War? shit. Shit was just shit not, was, not at this time. Yeah, at this time, shit was just crazy. Blackbeard also had a deal with the with the governor of North of North Carolina. Yeah, the governor of North Carolina, Charleston Black, South, South Carolina, Charleston South, right? But Sorry. in North, the, right, the state over. Yeah, North Carolina. He's going north. 
No, just just listen. Sorry. The, North Carolina. Yes, he's he blockaded the South Carolina. In North Carolina, Blackbeard was cozy with the governor. With with a female governor? With a male what governor. Kind of, oh, Co- cozy. cozy as in like greasing the wheels. Oh, greasing the wheels. Your mind went sexual there touch? real fast. Because Charleston, you know about what they say about Charleston, right? Tell me what George Washington said about Charleston. Okay. Ta- Tell it it is known that Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, if you're from Charleston, you know about it. Shout out to you. That it has some of the most beautiful women on the planet. What did George Washington say? There is a statue in Charleston, Thomas Jefferson, that says, in quotes, in Charleston, never have I ever seen a land of such beautiful women before. It's almost verbatim. Shout out to Charleston and the women there. Shout out to Charleston. Southern Bells. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was cozy with the governor of North Carolina. Okay. The governor in Virginia. So North wow. Carolina. Let me just. Wow. Is he far up there? Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. Please North, do. <laughs> North Carolina was like a fledgling, like tiny little, like tiny little company, basically. Yeah. Tiny little company that had to, that had to scrap to survive. So they were like, fuck it. We got to make deal. With, we got to make a deal with Blackbeard because we can't do shit by ourselves. Got it. Virginia was a real ass place and they were established, right? Like mm-hmm. a Fortune 500 company. Right. So they're like, this dude, Blackbeard, not only do we not need to make a deal with him, he's actually killing like the law and order that makes us prosper. Totally. So the governor of Virginia, Alexander Spotswood. <laughs> what a sick Okay. He fucking wanted to get rid of Blackbeard's ass. Yeah. What do you okay. do? So. Let me, we'll, we'll come back to him in a second. After the blockade of Charleston, which Blackbeard got a ton of booty from, this is this is the thing that like leads to his death. That people are, it's like a mysterious thing. He intentionally grounded two of his ships, mm-hmm. including the Queen Anne's Revenge, his flagship. Okay. So there's a lot of debate over this. Some people say that it was unintentional. He accidentally sunk both ships mm-hmm. while sailing. Other people say that he did this intentionally because at that point he had about 400 pirates underneath underneath him um, and that he wanted less pirates basically for his booty. He didn't, he didn't want to split the booty as much. And it was thought that he wanted to kind of like break up his crew to go legal in North Carolina with his, with his boy. Okay. Okay. With, with the governor. Ha- whatever happened, it's still mysterious. Um, his flagship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, the big badass ship, yeah. And another ship were out of commission. So so he sailed away from that with actually just one ship. Another ship. And like and way less crew. So he has way less power. Okay? Okay. He took that ship and went to North Carolina where he where he sat in a harbor and you know his his crew bought some houses in town. He was kind of trying to make Oh, he's ma- trying to go legal. He's trying to godfather. Kind of. He's trying to godfather. <laughs> kind of trying to go what legal. Do you mean kind of. Is that he had made a deal with the governor of North Carolina to go be a pirate be basically a privateer for, for the North governor. Carolina. <laughs> yeah, for North Carolina. He's just so innovative. Yeah, he's a fucking entrepreneur. This is literally, he's an entrepreneur. If you have an internship and a good mentor that, that you know can feed you. Yeah, you can grow. What can you grow to? What can you grow to with you good could, mentorship? You could grow into someone, you know, that serves North Carolina as a right. pirate. Really, I think Benjamin Hornigold is the winner because he is alive. Did you? There's two last names I just want to point out here. Hornigold and Spotswood. I'm a fan of both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I consider myself more of a Spotswood than a Hornigold. Spottywood? Yeah. <laughs> Hornigold, Jewish, Jewish last name. No, no, no. Yeah, just saying no, Hornigold. No, it's got gold at the not. end. Gold is. Hornigold. Hornigold. Hornman. Blackbeard's death, Hornigoldman. Adam. Okay, Blackbeard's death, Adam. <laughs> yeah. He has a legend, fucking legendary death. Oh, Get yeah. ready. Cue the music. Yeah. Okay. The tale of his de- It's It's like, 
I mean, I can't believe there isn't a movie made just out of the death of him, which is crazy. So basically, as I said, he's in North Carolina chilling right now with his boat, trying to kind of go legal, but really not really. Okay. The dude in Virginia, Virginia is right north of North of North Carolina. Okay. The governor there wants to get rid of Blackboard, Blackbeard. Yeah. So the governor of Virginia illegally, if you weren't allowed to, to do military action into another colony at that time. The governor, the governor of North Carolina, uh, Virginia, illegally contacts two army captains mm-hmm. and is like, hey, go and get fucking Blackbeard. Yeah. Okay. This governor, uh, this is such a, this is a great example of the times. It's really like Deadwood out there. Yeah. Everyone's into some shit. Mm-hmm. The governor of Virginia, who didn't like Blackbeard, he, um, <laughs> he was involved in like in embezzlement and fraud. Is like, it really that much different in entrepreneurship right now? Though? No, it's not different at all. Yeah. Okay, it's the same. It's a fucking war out there. Just, yeah. There's pretend laws, basically. Then there's real laws. Mm-hmm. There's companies that don't have to follow the laws. It's really hard to tell which, really is, hard to which tell is the right one. If you get to not follow the if law, it seems, like seems like if you're a bigger company, you don't, you then don't have to follow it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so so anyway, Alzheimer's response would send these two captains Love down. They, they sent these two captains down to get Blackbeard. Got him. Okay. When they were going, When they were going down there to get him, okay, him and his boys were drinking on the ship. They were literally, they were, they were having a party on their ship. Probably got some ladies there. Probably having a great time. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the attack ships, it was, the, it, one of the attack ships ran aground. Okay. And so Blackbeard, like he saw them. So he rolled up in his ship and they fired what's called a broadside, like into that other ship. And they, they like, they like kind of knocked that ship out. Okay. Okay. And then he dipped and the other ship, cause there were two ships going to get him. The other ship, uh, tailed him. Okay. But and Blackbeard, the, he swiveled sideways again and bump and broadsided them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they were out of commission, and Blackbeard wanted to press his luck. Okay, not a man to not be aggressive. Obviously, yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take this misfortune, and I'm gonna turn it into fortune. He rolled up to the second ship and was like, I'm gonna take this fucking ship as mine. Right? Okay. Rolls up to the other ship. Okay, he get he gets out. He gets onto the other ship. These are from eyewitness accounts. This? Yeah, I like this. He gets onto the other ship, and he's like, he's the first one on the other ship tying it up. And lo and behold, Lieutenant Maynard, who was the captain of the other ship, w- was hiding below deck. No. Okay, with like, with a ton of, with a ton of his dudes. Oh, it was like a Trojan horse situation. Trojan horse situation, absolutely. And he ran up on deck, okay? And then Blackbeard's crew and him engaged in fierce hand-to-hand combat. Where's my Pirates of the Caribbean music, by the way? Blackbeard and him engaged in fierce hand-to-hand combat, okay? During the battle, Blackbeard, this actually happened. I know this is fucking crazy. During the battle, Blackbeard and Lieutenant Maynard, they got like singled out and they were engaged they got engaged in single combat. Both the bad boys themselves. Oh my god. Yeah, so we got both okay, cap okay. we got everyone fighting. We got both So ca- it's like literally a movie. It's literally a movie. We got everyone fighting. We got both captains going at it. Yeah. Okay? Both captains, as Eyewitness account says, they, they both they fired their first musket ball at each other. Okay? Both missed. Both threw the pistol away and then got out got out the cutlasses. Okay. Okay? They were fighting. Blackbeard broke the other dude's cutlass. So Blackbeard was about to fucking win. Okay? When Blackbeard was like going for the death strike, one of Lieutenant Maynard's men like uh, stabbed Blackbeard. No. Yeah, from behind, like an ass. What the I hell know. is that? I know. And fucking Blackbeard. Then they overwhelmed Blackbeard and killed him. And they killed Blackbeard's crew. And then they decapitated Blackbeard. Wait, 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 wait. How did they overrun Blackbeard? I thought he had a big ass crew. 
So basically, because in hand-to-hand combat, the military was so much more better trained. Yeah. They were so, as you can probably imagine, these are a bunch of pirates that are like, they're just like criminals running around. Hand-to-hand combat at this point is like, you fire your one shot. Fire one shot, swords, and then it's time to get down to the swords. He was gonna, he was gonna kill the the guy. Yeah, he broke his sword and was about to kill him, and then one of Lieutenant Maynard's men stabbed him from like behind. So did he die? Because basically, while they were fighting, uh, while they were fighting, the military had overrun the pirates, and Blackbeard was one of the last ones alive. And that's the toll for Blackbeard's life. And let me tell you what happened to Blackbeard's body. They cut off his head. They threw his body into the sea, mm-hmm. and they placed his head on the stern of the ship. Yep. Sounds about right. And there we go. <laughs> that's, and, that's about right. And that's about right. And honestly, a, a great two years, and the best internship ever, and some success. I am so fucking mad at myself about something. What are you mad about? Can we go back to them dueling on the ship together? No, I'm sorry. No, we'll, we'll, you'll get another chance. I don't know, actually. That story is so epic. You won't get another chance for that. But let's go. I'm moving on to I'm moving on to Henry fucking Morgan. Ugh. God. <laughs> I I missed a golden opportunity no, to use something. Honestly, it is the most ridiculous story I have ever heard. That's awesome. Okay. It is fucking awesome. Uh, I want to make a toast. This is yeah, I want to make a toast. I want to make toast to, to black, black fucking beard. His beard. Going, going entrepreneur. Down, talk about going out entrepreneur. Talk Blast. about going out like a man. Can if I you think? have an intern, fuck it. If you have an intern, goddamn would you be proud if they become the privateer of the governor of, of North Carolina. If you were to intern and he blockaded Charleston and then went down fighting the captain of another ship, it's like an good absolute in- fucking boss. You gotta say it's a pretty good internship. Yeah, it's a good job. Okay? So he lasted two years. He was a pretty good pirate, would you say? Yeah, he was a good pirate. Um, Henry Morgan. I've ever seen. Absolutely. Henry Morgan, a.k.a. Adam. Captain fucking Morgan, a.k.a. the buccaneer. I've, I've heard of him. The Buccaneer I've King. I've heard of him. I want to be named the Buccaneer King. The Buccaneer. If I had to do my username for Xbox back, it would be the Buccaneer King. Was he? Oh, that's good. He's not French though, is he? Henry Morgan. Henry. Well, Adam, who English. was he? He's known as the most successful Buccaneer ever. I, and I know Adam talked about Buccaneers, but a Buccaneer is basically just to nail it again, a sailor or or soldier. Who was con- who was contracted to fight against the Spanish in the Car- Caribbean Sea? Usually French. Usually French. Um, however, he was English. Right. Okay. So how did this dude get into buccaneering? He was born in Wales in 1635 and had dreams of being a sailor. A Welshman. Okay. So he took his talents down south, Adam, to Jamaica in 1655. <laughs> we're all we're all good ballers. Go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jamaica currently currently. Um, being with the English was in a war. Okay. And so then he became a buccaneer. Okay. Blackbeard, at, oh, so, excuse me, Captain Morgan, guess what? He also had an internship and a fantastic mentor in one of no the way. last, in one of the last good internships alive in 1635. Wait, really? Yeah. And he had an internship to get his MPA, his master's in pirates administration. <laughs> okay. He got that with Christopher Mings University or just Christopher Mings, a then famous Caribbean captain and buccaneer. Oh, wow. Yep. In 1662, he became a captain of a small privateering vessel. His first successful raid was in the rich town of Granada in Central America. So he did this internship, okay, and just and he excelled. And the dude gave him command of a small a small vessel. Jeez. Cool thing with pirates too. I was gonna say this is private pirate life, but unlike the navy, they're completely democratic. Yeah. And it's actually misunderstood a little bit. The captain, like, first of all, he was elected. He oh, w- really? He was elected by the crewmen. 
by vote, actually. By by popular how, vote. How, he didn't how, just a captain doesn't just take power. We have a pirate election coming up as well. We do have a pirate election. It's not by popular vote. Yeah. Right. But we do we do we do have a pirate election coming up. Popular vote on the ship. Yeah, popular vote on the ship. So these captains, they don't they actually don't take power. Okay, they're voted to their position. And they're quickly voted off if it doesn't work for them. Because the captain is responsible for the crew getting the loot. Which is the whole reason that they're being pirate. Honestly, being a captain would kind of suck. Right. You got a lot of responsibility. You get more of the booty, but it kind of blows. Also, only in combat do captains have complete uh, authority. Oh, what do you mean? Only in combat. What so, do you mean? So basically, like, for navigation, usually that was up to a vote. Like, where do you guys want to go? Where do you guys want to go raid some ships? Mm-hmm. That was a vote. You can imagine that the captain had a lot of political sway. Like, what waters do you guys want to troll around in? Like, do you guys want to go blockade Charleston, or do you want to go drink in Tortuga today? So it really was. They were really into voting. So the pirate ship is actually, like, some of the first democracy. That's amazing. Yeah, they were incredibly democratic and into voting. The captain only, again, had authoritative control during combat, which you need. Yeah, so these people were just not down with king and country. They just fucking weren't down with with the system, man. Yeah. (laughs) They weren't down with the system, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, anyway. Captain Captain Morgan had his internship and did very well. And he he raided Granada, and his his, his mentor was super happy with him. His intern project. Okay. His intern project. Raiding Granada. From from that attack and subsequent attacks, Captain Morgan became very, very rich. So rich, in fact, that he was able to marry the girl of his dreams. Oh, my God. Adam, do you know who the girl of his dreams was? Shirley Temple. Like every man, it was his cousin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Like, it was he's his a, cousin, Mary he's Elizabeth. A, he's a cousin fucker. He's a complete cousin fucker. What's up with the cousin thing? Don't know. But back in the day, they were like, yeah, it's good enough. Back in the year, like, she's far enough away. They're like cousin, fucking. I get cousin, cousin, cousin. <laughs> yeah, everyone's my cousin. <laughs> so they're yeah. So everyone was down with this. Like, oh yeah, your cousin. So that, that, so yeah. because he got rich and famous, he was finally able able to do what he always wanted, which was marry his cousin. Okay, <laughs> everyone was into that. Yeah, everyone was into it. She was the daughter. Do- she was actually the daughter of Morgan's uncle, the then governor of Jamaica. How do you feel about cousin uh, marrying? Cousin marrying? Yeah, I think it's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's gotten weirder or the incest or are we still are we still okay on incest with like Game of Thrones and shit like that? Oh, you mean where, like where are, are we at with incest? Where are we at? Yeah. I think Game of Thrones brought incest back. You think it's back? Like it's cool again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool but again. But it's not though, right? It's not. Am I the only one that thinks that? That like that Jamie Lance, like how is Jamie Lance ever going to come around? Because he like, he was he was having sex with his twin sister. Is it just like two? Yeah. Is it just like 2020? Like incense? Like it's cool. Like, sexu- like sexual. Like you just just do you. Yeah. Be you sexual. I just being uh, this podcast officially is against incest. I just I just want to make a stand. And now you know. I know that's not woke. I know it's not. I know woke. it's not woke. But we just want to make a stand. We are not, not We're not for incest. No. Okay. And now we're gonna. <laughs> now, so now, cousin now. Mary Elizabeth, my cousin. Okay. So Mary Elizabeth. Okay. Morgan's uncle was the governor, okay? Governor. Right? Morgan's uncle, otherwise known as his father-in-law. <laughs> so the same, right. the same dude. It actually makes a lot of sense now that you say it. Okay. So he died. He was the governor, and he, di- and he died. Then Thomas M- Moydford became, became the governor, and he was him and Captain Morgan were very, very good friends. Okay. Okay. Because Captain Morgan was such a baller and was really rich and was a cousin fucker, he was, <laughs> he was promoted to vice admiral of the Jamaican fleet. 
Okay? So he promoted him to Vice Admiral. So good job. <laughs> Everybody respected a cousin fucker. Everyone then. respected him oh, so much. Oh, your cousin. Oh. Great choice. Oh, good job. Good job. Keep it in the family, oh, you're I a, see. You're a good young man. Oh, what a good what young, a good a young man having young man. sex with your cousin. <laughs> All right. Because he got to be Vice Admiral. Good for him. All right. During this time, the Spanish activity was increasing at him in Cuba. Okay? And Mayford, the governor of Jamaica, an English, like, English settlement then, was really concerned about this. Mm-hmm. So he sent Morgan with 10 ships and 500 soldiers to go to go beat it. Okay? Morgan, being the baller and, and dude who has sex with his cousin that he is, he conquered the Spanish city of Puerto Principe without much trouble. Here's the problem, though. As he was a privateer, and as... All this stuff was democratic, as we talked about. Right. His raid brought back very little money for a lot of death of his who, soldiers. Who was he a privateer for? England? Well, he was the vice admiral of Jamaica, but England. really a, also a privateer. You know, you can be, at this time, you could be a vice admiral for Jamaica and a privateer for England and a pirate all at the same time. They were kind of just giving away titles to people. They were giving away titles. You, I mean, it was just a lot. You could just do whatever you want. Yeah. Just get money. Money, power, just do whatever you want. You might be a vice governor, but you also might die of scurvy in a hammock. Right. You, <laughs> might be vice, you might be vice governor, but you just might lose your foot because, like, <laughs> you, like, stepped on, like, a nail. Your water just might have to have some rum in it because it tasted like okay, such a Absolutely. Ass. I fucking love it, honestly. Human All right. savagery. All right. <laughs> All right. He's like, here's so he's like, basically, I had a sick internship. I started banging my cousin, and now I have a ship. I had a sick internship, started banging my... Everything's going well for him. <laughs> right? <laughs> Great so mentor. Well. He's got the love of his life, who he's also related to. His father-in-law rocks, right? <laughs> his father-in-law rocks because it's actually his own uncle. <laughs> I mean, what a better father-in-law. You already know him. I know. There's no no weird in-law shit. I no weird in-law shit. I actually am kind of getting Honestly, it. like, yeah, like family dinners, right? The same. They're the same family dinner. You invite less people to the wedding. The wedding. less people <laughs> The family dinner before the wedding is the same family dinner that you would have had before you were with that person. Totally coming around to it. Okay, so he lost half of his soldiers, but he still got to capture parts of these of these towns in Cuba, okay? So he's got a big problem. This is kind of where his legend starts to grow. Despite his army being halved, he planned another attack on one of these towns. Most men would turn away, but not Captain fucking Morgan. Yeah, right. Okay, this was a crucial battle for him, as the remaining buccaneers that he had, the remaining soldiers he had, they needed the loot. And if they weren't going to get the loot, the loot from him, you know, it can turn really bad for a captain. Right. Really fucking bad. So, he anchored his ships far away from the city, which was supposed to be, like, impenetrable. And under the cover of night, he rowed canoes up and, like, they... They, they liked canoes. They rowed canoes up under cover. I guess no one could see a fucking buccaneers, canoe. Buccaneers, buccaneers, canoes. I guess no one could see a fucking canoe. Because they, they... No one expected it. They rowed, they rowed the canoes up, okay? And they attacked the city and they took it over. That's crazy. Except for one fort that they could not take over. Okay? Okay. So, Captain Morgan... He's also known as, like, a pretty brutal man. Oh, no. Okay, so what he did to take over that fort is he took nuns and and priests, nuns and monks, sorry, and used them as human shields mm. and, and then was able to take the fort because the soldiers inside the fort, they were so unwilling to shoot the nuns or the monks because mm-hmm. they're like, we're not going to go to heaven or whatever. But, but you know, obviously a cousin fucker, he'll but, just do no, whatever. No, that's fine. He, he's, th- he's just fine. That's fine. He gives yeah. no fucks. Okay. Next, what is known as Morgan's Terror, Adam, took place in Venezuela in 16, 1669 with, with eight ships and 650. Good to see Venezuela back. All right, I'm sorry. Good basically, Morgan, back basically in, in Venezuela, he went to this town and, like, and tortured the citizens to find all the booty there 
But he tortured them like you don't torture citizens. Oh. Yeah, so he's, you know, there's some bad stuff with him. A lot, actually. Yeah, you know, well, he is a pirate, He's right? a fucking pirate, so I don't, know what what to, they do. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Right? Terrible. So, after this, the the um, the victorious Captain Morgan returned back to Jamaica, Adam. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he was crowned the king of Buccaneers. The sickest username on Xbox Live that there ever has been. That's got to be the best pirate I've ever For seen. For fucking sure it is. He was so famous and successful that even the Spanish, the people he was fighting and killing, they praised his bravery and leadership. Okay? You know when your enemy's praising you that you're doing a good job. Uh, but he was, in truth, a really brutal individual. In truth, he was a brutal individual, but a very he was a very successful leader. Cunning strategist. Cunning strategist. Leader. Very good leader. Okay. okay. So he, he returned back, and then what happened? Okay. Then comes the climax of his career in 1670. Okay? His prestige and success were so much... That he was actually he was asked by the then governor, right, to take Panama City, which was a Spanish stronghold. Right. right. Big ass Spanish but stronghold. But there's a treaty he's not supposed to. No, let me. It's more complicated than that. Okay. At, at, at this point, there was no treaty. This point, there was no treaty. Okay. Okay. So he's he's supposed to take Panama City, right? Just because he was the absolute man, he didn't have any army to start off with. Mm-hmm. He went to like a pirate city. He went to like like Where? like one, Tortuga, like Tortuga, one of the big pirate cities. And he just he just told his boys there, "Hey, I need some guys to come on a raid." And yeah. he was able to get a thousand two hundred buccaneers and thirty ships to go with him because he was the big king of the bucks. Because they were they were like, "Oh, if we go with this dude, we're gonna get a ton of gold." It, this dude is like he's it, this dude is a great strategist. He's a great leader. We're gonna get it done. Plus his wife slash cousin is yeah. Plus his cousin is slamming right, and he got her. Okay, just, just so, a little boy wants to marry the girl of his dreams. Little, you know what? You know what? Little boy grows up, girl of his dreams is his cousin, and he ends up getting her. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, it's an American story. Hashtag woke. Hashtag woke. Okay. Okay. So he finally gained when he when he attacked Panama. First, he attacked the cities around it and gained a Panama stronghold. The problem was that he had to walk through the jungle to Panama City. Not why? Okay, because I guess Panama City. Oh, it's on the. It's on the other side, right? It's on the Pacific not sure. Side. He wanted uh, whatever. He had to, he had to walk through the jungle to get there. Yeah, that's not good. We need, that okay. dense Panama jungle is exactly is impenetrable. So basically, he had to he had to take his force nine days through the jungle. So the old item while, while they were fending off attacks from gorillas. Okay, and mosquitoes to get to Panama City. Like gor- so, like gorillas. Like actual well, let me gorilla. tell you, a lesser man that didn't have a rum named after him, Adam. Yeah, <clears throat> he would have broken. But Captain fucking Morgan, he got his troops there. All right, and but once they got to Panama City, they were still outnumbered three to one by the Spanish. Oh my God! So you know you can imagine these men are exhausted. They're out of food. They're about to desert. Right. Mm-hmm. Another really interesting about, thing about Morgan's forces is that is how diverse they are. Okay, so you have like English, you have Dutch, you have French, you have ex-slaves, you have Indians, and even like renegade Spanish. It's supposedly like the most div- diverse force put together as of this point. Because mm-hmm. basically, like these are all just criminal. He doesn't care where you're from. Also, criminal uh, pirates very inclusive, right? Super woke, inclusive the society. They thieves. don't give a shit. Yeah, don't give a shit where you're from, right? We'll take you. So actually, the Spanish underestimated him because of this. They were like, "There's no way that he can get this this diverse of a force to like actually like make a musket line, okay, or do well." So when he got to Panama City, they sent their cavalry out to just wipe them out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Morgan's force was supposedly super organized, and they repelled the ca- the cavalry. Did he have military training, Morgan? Yeah, 
he was a privateer for a long time. So he just had baller training. I think in his internship, he probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, what can mentorship do? Yeah. For you. A lot. Opportunities. Adam. Confidence. Opportunities. Opportunities. Confidence. Okay. Training. Okay. Ability. So he wiped out the cavalry. So he wiped out, he wiped out the can, the cavalry. Then the Spanish, in the, just the stupidest move ever, they tried stampeding a herd of cattle through the ranks of, of the pirates to stampede them. However, the pirates just shot the cattle and then they ate it for their food. So now, so now no, they had, no. Now they had food. Really? Okay. And also, about idea. half of the cow, the 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 cattle they tried to stampede, they turned around and stampeded the people that let them out. Okay. First, well, first of all, the buccaneers, right? They're experts at smoking meat. That's what they do. Yes, yeah, so they're that's like, why they're named buccaneers. Yeah, so they're like, this is fucking awesome. Just like this is great. This is what we do. We smoke. Great. We smoke. Meat. Given that shit, we smoke manatee before. Right. And now we smoke. So cow. basically, after that, they attacked the city, and at, and well, so they had killed all the in the first wave. They had killed all the cavalry, and then they attacked the city, and in two hours. They took it. How? Not sure. I think it was the big cavalry charge at the beginning was like a huge blunder. Okay. Because because they were just like we're gonna wipe out this group of pirates that have no military training. Yeah. But Captain Big Dog Morgan was their leader, and so they they actually fought like an army. Okay. Okay. Unbeknownst to Morgan, getting back to your point, he had actually committed an act of piracy. As the last attack occurred after England and Spain signed a treaty stopping the war. Yeah, there you go. Okay, but just like the times that they are, Adam, on his return to Jamaica, he was arrested by the King of England. But then the King of England released him and knighted him and gave him a big honor. So he's a famous pirate that committed an act of piracy. So he's a famous pirate. Shoot, you know, shooter's going to shoot. Committed, kind of yeah, thing. committed an act of piracy. The king said, hey, you know what? It's just you. You were just being you. Also, you know, you've got a lot of money and fame and reputation yeah i'm gonna go ahead and let you the you go the rules don't apply to you and everyone's like yeah and everyone's like yes great okay okay on his on his death okay morgan throughout his life he occupied various um things of government off and on okay and he died peacefully on his plantation with the love of his life his cousin in 1688 overall a very successful pirate give me a death 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 bell Honestly, we're gonna give you because he was so successful. Yeah, such a happy, a happy marriage with his cousin. Yeah, what give a great it to me. life. Okay, I think that we're gonna give you a little bit of a more exciting bell. Give it to me. You wanted to put this in there. <laughs> little did people know, Captain Morgan was a devout Muslim. <laughs> right, he wasn't. But, but wow, what a crazy life. Yeah, what a crazy life. This next one's crazy. I, I'm, I'm going to roll through them, okay? Okay, roll through them. Ching Shi, a.k.a. Pirate Mama. That's <laughs> yeah. my name for her. Yeah. Okay? She started off as a prostitute in the Chinese city of Canton. So uh, just a start. Just a lowly prostitute. So her internship was prostitute. Her internship was prostitution. <clears throat> okay? Manipulation, basically. Yeah. Okay, which that's what she's really good. In, in 1785. So, so later, later than these guys, okay, and in a completely different part of the world. Yeah, I'm glad you did this one. But she becomes more powerful than like than all of them. Okay. Okay. So she spent her youth as as a as a prostitute. Um, she's the most successful female pirate in the history of the world. She she ended up controlling a fleet called the called that was called the Red Dragon Fleet, like consisted of over a thousand eight hundred ships and eighty thousand male and female pirates. Whoa. So under her rule, they were able to withstand attacks from like naval country powers and were basically invincible. Holy shit. Yeah, they were more powerful than them. Okay, so how did she get here? In 1801, she married the famous pirate captain Zhang Yi, 
who came from a long and prestigious family of pirates. Piracy was the family biz for Zhang Yi. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. During their marriage, she she helped him she helped him manage the Red Dragon fleet, and then after his death, she fucking moved in and took power. Yep. Okay. Good she, for her. She moved into power. Good for her. That's how she got she got the fleet. Mm -hmm. Um. But the, the big thing with her that was different than him is in addition to, to the fleet she controlled, she actually controlled every aspect of the gang's business. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So she she didn't leave the business to other people. She controlled the business herself. In the prostitution house, was she like the mama son? Was she like in she charge? Of she the probably business? she probably became the mama son. So her internship is also a business. Business internship. Well, I think her prostit her prostitution probably taught her, you know, resiliency. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, manipulation. Yeah. Business. Mm -hmm. Probably learned a sh a lot. Yeah. Also, determination to get out of there. Right. Right. So she was considered extremely ruthless to her victims and crew alike. She was ruthless as hell. What'd she do? Being ruthless. Yeah. She was considered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was specific, and nice. that's what we like. All right. So. After several years, the Chinese government came to the conclusion. So the Chinese government tried to make a pact with the Portuguese and English. Holy to shit. all three of them go after the Red Dragon fleet and take her down. She was that bad? She was that. She had that big of a what, fleet. Where was she exactly? Where was the fleet? China. 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 I mean, really, they're pirates. They're everywhere. There's a big ass fleet. Yeah. Okay. But they're, they're, they're the scourge of like the, like the Chinese sea, whatever. That's a lot of shit. Okay. So... Portugal, England, okay, and what was the other one I said? Whatever. Portugal was beast back then. Also. No, I know. So yeah. Portugal was beast. Portugal, China, and England, they tried to get together and make them and, and attack her with three militaries. Okay. Okay. But they realized that they were never going to be able to take her down. She was that powerful. And elusive. Yeah, and elusive. So, so they granted all the pirates in her fleet amnesty if they would just stop being pirates and return to the shores. Okay. Her being a really good businesswoman, she used this to negotiate it uh, for herself, her entire family, everyone in her fleet, and also the big thing is she used it to negotiate being able to keep all her businesses and wealth. Oh my god! Really? She's the most successful pirate ever by the, yeah. by these standards. Yeah. Okay. So and she she was successful in it, and she operated her gambling houses until the day she died at age sixty nine in eighteen forty four. It's amazing. Rewriting the rules. Rewriting the fucking it's really rules. Just, it's really just taking fucking over. It's the beginning of entrepreneurship. This is the beginning of entrepreneurship. <laughs> it really is, it's the beginning of entrepreneurship, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, she, so some say that she was kind of like the Steve Jobs of piracy. Right. Finger between <laughs> her lips. Thoughtful. Right. Innovative. Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Um, give me a bell, please. Sure. Natural death bell. Okay. This one. This next one. Steed Bonnet is is my personal favorite. Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet. Okay, yeah. he's known as the pirate gentleman. Oh yeah. Or as I call him, the midlife crisis pirate. <laughs> okay. Or as he's otherwise known as Blackbeard's boy. Oh really? Mm hmm. So brief history of him. In 1717, he's an ex army major and he was a Barbados plantation plantation owner. So he was living in Bar Barbados on a plantation with his wife. In, he was like 50. He was like he was like old, very old, completely content, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he he was very rich, happy. One day, he just decided to become a pirate because I guess he was bored. Content, but there's something missing in his life. You know, he had a midlife crisis. Yeah. He was it's literally like, sitting is there. This all it is he was about? sitting there like, do I want to die in this plantation with, this, is, with my wife? Or, or do I want to like go, go blow up is some there ships? A, is there a cousin out there that I haven't seen? Right. 
Yeah. So do I want to blow up some ships? Right? Do I maybe want to switch my wife my, for someone related to me, which is better, I heard? Yeah. You know, what do I want to do? Okay. Okay. So unlike other pirates that join and get, like, elected captain, <laughs> the midlife crisis pirate, he what he does is he buys his own ship. And then he hires crew and pays and pays them to be pirates with him. So just so like you know, it's just like a midlife crisis person that like you know like buys their buy their way in. Yeah, he bought his way into piracy. Oh wow. Okay, so although inexperienced, he did manage to take down a couple ve- a couple vessels, um, and by paying his crew really really well, he stopped them from killing him for being inexperienced. Why did they want to kill him? Because he had no idea what he was doing. Oh, he had no idea how to like sail or anything. He was an army major. That's oh okay. in the army, but not in the navy. He had no idea. No how to sail. idea about sailing. Or so anything. he and he elected himself as the captain. So you can imagine, like they're trying to raid these ships. He has no idea what he's doing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I okay. have a lot of respect. So he for just him. bought his way in, and eventually they were like, "Okay, this guy pays." He, he pays buys his well. way in, and they're like, "We fucking hate this dude," but he pays us so good yeah, that everybody, like whatever. Everybody's worked at those companies before. Yeah. <laughs> so in Florida, while sailing around, he encountered the then fear of Blackbeard on his big ship, the Queen's Anne, Queen Anne's a real, Revenge. A real ass pirate. A real ass pirate. Okay. Blackbeard rolled up to him and was going to like take his shit. However, he, <laughs> they surrendered and Blackbeard started talking to the captain. And as Blackbeard said, he found him to be a nice gentleman and just liked him. So instead of taking a ship, Blackbeard convinced him to, to like to come on board with him. So Blackbeard convinced him to give up command of the ship that he had because he said that you suck at being a captain. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard's lieutenant took command of his ship. Yeah. Okay, as like a real fucking captain. Yeah. And then fucking Steed, he was just like a, a guest of Blackbeard hanging out. On the Queen Anne. Yeah, and that just shows that if you have a midlife crisis, you can go from being bored on your plantation to hanging out with Blackbeard. It's really a story of great mentorship. Blackbeard yeah. had great men- mentorship and he wanted to give right. it back. Right. And so Blackbeard was just like, come hang out with me. And Steve was like, this is why I fucking left the plantation. To this hang is out perfect. with you. This is why I fucking did it. This is perfect. All right. However, Adam, later after being double crossed by Blackbeard. Whoa. As part, Whoa. What happened? Uh, I, Blackbeard just like, he didn't do it bad. He didn't do him dirty, but he just kind of like just, left just, him. Like honestly a pirate. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking pirate. It wasn't even that dirty. He just like left him with the ship and like some supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as pirates are wont to do classic Steed Bonnet, he was like, you know what? I'm not done. He continued to pirate vessels on the Virginia coast. Eventually Bonnet's ship was chased down and Bonnet was arrested. Okay. And guess what? Yep. He was hung in October, 1718 and he had a year of piracy. From being a dude on plantation that was bored to dying <laughs> in, a, in a year. Good for him, though. He got to live his life. Good job, Steve. Good job, Steve. Okay. Uh, honorable mentions. Bartholomew Roberts, a.k.a. Black Blackbart, really should have talked about this one. He captured 500 ships during his career. Mm-hmm. Like the most successful in terms of ship capturing. Yeah. Also another one, Anne Bonnie, another female pirate captain that was the lover of another famous pirate captain, Calico Jack. All right. So... Life on a pirate ship. We've already covered a solid amount of this, so I, I just want to I want to touch on a, cu- a couple things. Um, run one. Let's touch on rules of the pirate ship, okay? And again, the big thing to know with the pirate ship is that it was the start of democracy, basically. Okay, so in the navy, if you were in one of these countries' navy, there's a huge gap between like a common sailor and an officer, mm-hmm. right? But on the pirate ship, there really was no gap between anyone. Again, okay. the captain only had authority, like. Fully full authority during battle, and he was the captain because the dudes on the ship just thought he was going to bring the most booty to them. Does he get more booty? Yeah, he gets a higher share of the booty because he has more responsibility. Right. He can also, you know, has a higher share of the mutiny. 
A higher share of getting killed. higher, yeah, higher share of getting killed, basically, as well. Yeah. Not, you know what? Being a captain, not for me. I, I think I'm more. I you know if if I could do it quarter. So I'll say first mate, just below captain, right? Mm-hmm. Would take over for the captain if inca- incapacitated. The quartermaster in charge of food, water, and supplies, and it's usually the first mate as well. I feel like I would. I want to stop there. I, I want to. I want to stop a quartermaster. Who's in charge of like the bunkhouse? Uh, the the boys bunking. Yeah, not. I think a quartermaster probably in charge of the of the of the dudes. Yeah, quartermaster is in charge of like the food, water, day to day shit. Hey, Jim. Jim keeps putting his socks on my bunk. Yeah, he, quartermaster. I'd be a better quartermaster. Captain's in charge of like combat. Yeah, yeah. A lot of responsibility as the captain. Right. So a gunner. Okay, leaders of small man groups who operate the uh, the artillery. Um, so a cool thing about this, it took years of practice to become a good gunner on like a ship. Yeah. And it was even harder on a pirate ship because the difference is that on a pirate ship than a military ship is that you don't want to sink the other boat. So you just want to like hit the mast or you want to hit the sails. You want to break the boat, but you, you don't want to sink it because you want to either take the boat and sell it or get the supplies on it. Mm-hmm. So the gunners, like really good gunners was, was a big thing. Um, to prevent like commotion and random fire, the most experienced gunner was elected as master gunner, and he would coordinate the fire. Okay. Yeah. Other roles: boatswain, junior officer, conducting group to various tasks. So maybe like what you talked about, like dorm master, that'd be a boatswain. Yeah. Surgeons. These dudes were usually pressed into service actually when captured on other vessels because it was such a unique skill set that people needed. Yeah, I'm sure they really that when they them. found a surgeon, they were like, "No, you're you're gonna be a surgeon with us." Yeah. Okay. Sailing master, another thing like surgeon, is in charge of navigating and piloting. This was extremely difficult because the naval charts back then were inaccurate or just didn't exist. Okay? On non-pirate ships, this was an extremely well-paid job. They were also pressed into service when found. Mm-hmm. Okay, last thing. Pirate code. How about a pirate chef? Is it What's up, what's up with the chef? The just food? a dude. Yeah, nothing special. What are we chef. eating? What are we eating? What are we eating on the pirate ship? Good question. Salted, salted various meats? A lot of things were like, they're the same as the Navy. So it would be the same as Navy. The things that I want to touch on the things that were different, such mm-hmm. as the pirate code. Yeah. Okay. Some pirates had agreements or, or obviously pirate codes. Okay. These said the rules of the ship, the share of the plunder, the compensation for injuries, the forms of punishment or disobedience, which could include flogging, being tied to a post and whipped, or the much dreaded keel hauling. Do you know what this is? Is that where they strap you to the back of the boat? I had to watch a video. I, I had to watch a diagram of it to fully understand. It's like kind of awful. What is it? So a sailor is basically stripped, a stripped down naked. Yeah. And then from either side of the ship, ropes are, ropes are attached to them. They throw them in the water over the front of the ship. And then they pull the ropes up underneath the ship. So they drag, they drag them across the bottom of the ship where there's like all these barnacles and stuff. So like most, a lot of the times they drown and then other times they, they, they die from being cut so much. So do, do they only do this to people that they want to die horribly? They only do this to people like the worst form of, form of punishment. That's horrible. Who it is them? horrible. Okay. Only four sets of power codes has survived to this day. That just goes to show you, you think Corona, Corona is bad. You could be being keel You could be being keel where you're like drown, you're drowning, but also being like mutilated. Yep. Okay. Only four sets of power codes have survived to this day. But some cool example of the rules on those are this. There's one is like an open bar policy. Okay. When they, when they take alcohol from another ship, everyone's allowed to drink as much as they want until everyone votes that they need to stop. 
<laughs> I think that was great. awesome. So if you take a ship, you get to have a party for as long as you want until until everyone collectively is like, we got to stop. That's how bars should close. <laughs> yeah, I know. So open bar policy, okay? Yeah. Some some ships had lights and candles out at 8 at night, okay? And if anyone wanted to drink Reasonable. more, if anyone wanted to drink more, they had to remain on the open deck so as not to disturb others. Yeah, very reasonable. Um, to desert the ship or their quarters in battle was punished with death or marooning, obviously. Okay, got to have some discipline. No striking one another on board, but every man's every man's quarrels were to be ended on, at shore. So listen to this. So if they had one thing had, if they have a quarrel, okay, the court they would get they would go to an island and they 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 jump off, and the quartermaster would would take them on shore and they would they would have a duel. So they would go back to back, walk ten paces, then they would have to turn and immediately fire. Okay. Okay. If they missed, then they would get their cutlasses and they would go till first blood, and then it was stopped. All right. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing. No man was was allowed to, to talk about breaking up the ship. So no one was allowed to say, like, we need to stop being pirates until you had shared at least a thousand pounds worth of goods with everyone else. What? Yeah. So basically, like, new guys aren't allowed to talk shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So, like, unless you've been on the ship for a while, you're not allowed to talk about, like, we should stop being pirates. Why would you stop being pirates if you're just newly being a pirate? Not sure, but that was their fucking rule. Basically, like until you've seen how sick it is. You probably to be a didn't. I think it's probably because you probably didn't realize how hard life was gonna be. Yeah. Right. So you can't just like when you when you quit basically. when you realize how hard life was, be, was gonna be, you can't quit until you've had some of the good shit. Right. Right. And then you can make a decision once you've once you've gotten some money from it. Yeah. Um. So this is so this is how the prizes were split up on one boat. The captain and quartermaster received two shares of a prize. Okay. Mm-hmm. The masters, boatswain, and gunner got one and a half shares. Every and every other officer got one and a quarter shares, and then the regular man got one share. Yeah. So like the captain's really he's getting only twice as much. So not even that many more shares. Really, uh, for me, not worth it to be the captain. Just just being, it's about respect. Honestly, just, it's honestly about respect. Honestly, I think I quartermaster got to organize shit. Mm-hmm. I'd be an okay quartermaster. You know, I don't know. Maybe it'd, be, it'd be, probably be funner just to be a mate and to be an idiot and just run around. I would be, I, I would like to be the rum master. Yeah, I'd like to be the fun master. Can I be the fun master on the boat? Minister of enjoyment. Minister of enjoyment. Yeah. Adam, it's time for open kimono. Guys, thank you for, thank you for sticking in with us. Pirate episode. If you've gotten to this point of open kimono, bless you. Bless your bless sweet you. pirate heart. We know it was a long one, but, but pi- we're talking about fucking pirates. What are we going to do? It's pirates. What are we going to fucking do? Do we even need an open kimono? Pirates are fucking sick. You want to say... I'll go with open kimono first. Okay, you go first. Pirates. Okay. Entrepreneurs. I don't even silence. know what else to say. And silence. All right. Pirates, honestly, when I think about pirates in this episode, I think that about capitalism and how this kind of bloody, like... Bloody economics is like the vanguard of capitalism. It's like before things get settled down in any industry, there's like this fucking craziness, basically. You know, and we see that today in like, in a different way in, you know, the tech world and like things that are just getting invented right now. Like with Amazon, you selling on Amazon, it's like there's no rules, but the rules that you make almost. I Yeah, I love that. Whenever I, whenever I research this, all I can think about is entrepreneurship, honestly, and how it's like being on a pirate ship. Where you have to make your own law, and you're gonna go hungry for a long time, and it's difficult. But it, you know, maybe it's more, maybe it's more interesting. Also, when the UK government's coming after me, 
It's like they're sending their big military vessels after me, and I have to run. I got to get my ass into the shallows and run away. I can't, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can't fight them straight up, but I can, like, get away in the shallows. Or maybe I need to hire a lawyer who is a military ship who can delay them while I get away. Well said, honestly. Okay. Honestly. Um, shout out to Sarah and her boyfriends, each one of them. Hey. Most recent and the last one. Hey, shout out to everyone that reviews. Shout out to the professor. Okay, thank you, honestly, for motivate for motive anyone that has ever felt like an underdog in their life. Yeah, this dude's like five seven and not very and not like a great athlete and is a great basketball player. Right, and is and has been famous for playing basketball, a sport that. It, guess what? I got a shocker for you. Being tall and playing basketball, it's pretty important. It's pretty important. But piracy, maybe being small, would be an advantage. Piracy for so sure. Away. You need less. Wait, food. wait. You, you need less room. Less less food. People would love you. They'd be like, this dude needs less food. Less room. Get him on the ship. Guys, you can find us. Actually, we have an Instagram now. Dude Nature on Instagram. Literally crazy. Facebook, Instagram, on iTunes, if you haven't yet. If you've listened to like three episodes, if, you've li- if this is your first episode, don't worry about it. Just relax. If you listen to like three episodes and you have success- successfully cooked a meal or you've done laundry with us in the background or even gone to sleep, that's the way we want you to listen then consider giving us a review because it really helps us. Absolutely. Also, shout out, somehow shout out to Denmark and Australia again. Australia, we have, we are our top 20 nature podcast in Australia. I'm not sure how, but that is awesome. We love you guys down under. Yes, and right. Denmark, we're also a top 50 nature podcast in Denmark. I've always said That's it. great. Yeah. Besides and, the whaling. Good job, Denmark. And now top 50 nature podcast in the U.S. So shout out to everyone in the U.S. too. Thank you. I know it's crazy, but we've gotten here. Okay. See you next time. Love you guys. Bye.